are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. And it is Season 5, Episode 12, brought to you by our friends over at Offspeed Athletics. And I am your host, as always, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063 on Twitter. Absolutely thrilled to be here with you. We have so much to get into into this show. We've got our shout-outs and mentions. We've got an interview with Olivet Nazarene head baseball coach Jeff Mulliken. Conference races. We're going to talk about the AMC, the CalPAC, the Crossroads, the KCAC, the GPAC, and the River States. Those conferences are the hardest to call right now, and they all have something on the line or are playing for prime positioning in a league with one bid likely not to get many more than that. We've got our NAI ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the week brought to you by Pitch Pro. Games and series that you need to be watching from around the nation are big series of the week and quick picks. And of course, we will bring in Cody Butler here in just a moment. But first, I have to tell you about our partners over at Off Speed Athletics. And when it comes to Anthony and Off Speed Athletics, there's nobody better at building the brand than Off Speed Athletics and Anthony. Off Speed Athletics will provide your program with high quality sublimated uniforms and apparel. For your youth, high school, and collegiate team, anything you need, off-speed athletics can take care of you. So by now, you should have followed them on Twitter and Instagram. You should have gone to their website at www.offspeedathletics.com to check out their work. That's right. That's www.offspeedathletics.com to check out all of their work. But here's the thing. Have you reached out to them yet to see what price they can give you and what they can do for your program? Because if you haven't done so, you need to do so. Because we support the people who support NAI Ball, the people who keep us afloat here at NAI Ball. Anthony believes in what we're doing here. We believe in what Anthony is doing at Off Speed Athletics. So check them out today. Give them a look, Off Speed ATH on Twitter. Go to their website, www.offspeedathletics.com. Reach out to Anthony. Give them a call. Check them out. Do exactly that for Cody and I, and we'll be super appreciative of y'all. Off-Speed Athletics is the official title sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. So with that, we will bring in the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, Mr. Cody Butler himself. But Cody, before I ask you what's going on, if you could have any rapper or any song be our intro for the NAI Ball Podcast, if we had music rights, which we'll never be able to afford, who would it be and why? Be Sci-High the Prince, a local Atlanta artist. Um, if we had any song, it's not a rapper. It would probably not be a rap song. It'd be probably something like Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know, just to get me going. That's that's a tough one for me. Uh, can I go outro by Meek Mill? You could. You could. I feel like we would alienate such a part of our audience. <laughs> we would alienate so You put Can't Stop by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Everyone can vibe with that. It, well, you know what, man, I'm, I'm a different person, you know, I'm, I'm from the border, uh, and you know, we're, we're not listening to a lot of red hot chili peppers here on the border. It's, it's a lot of, uh, Grupo Firme, which I just had to go to that concert. It was awful. Uh, as well as, you know, a lot of, uh, reggaeton and, uh, rap music. Um, so, you know, and then I went to college in South Dallas and if you've ever been to South Dallas, you know. Uh, it's a different world <laughs> than Fort Worth and the Metroplex. So, shout out uh, to South Oak Cliff. High yeah, State yeah. Champions. Shout out to the Sock. To the Sock, you know. Uh, you, Northwood University was was right there by Camp Wisdom. So, uh, you know, Camp Wisdom exit and all that. You'll you'll hear it in the song and everything. So, it's it's one of those places that uh, I, I really refined my taste for music there. So. Yeah, I, I'd I'd like something Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmares, something like that. You know, that'd be cool. So let's get rolling here into our shoutouts and mentions, Cody. A little bit different look on shoutouts and mentions this week. It was a wild, wild week in the NAI. Six of the top eleven teams dropped games on Friday. Five to unranked opponents. Seven teams in the top twenty-five dropped a series this weekend. Five to unranked opponents as well. Kaiser won the TSC series over number one Southeastern, two games to one, the first series loss of the year for SEU. 
Number 24, Reinhardt won the AAC series over number two, Tennessee Wesley, in two games to one, the first series loss of the year for the Bulldogs. College of Idaho took a game off number three, LC State, this weekend. Uh, Alex McFarland-Smith hit the go-ahead double in the 10th inning. Florida Memorial won the series over number seven, St. Thomas, two games to one. Mid-American Nazarene took our big series of the week over number nine, Central Methodist, three games to one. MNU moved into first place in the Hart North. Number 10, Georgia Gwinnett got pushed to extra innings by Fisher on Saturday and then later dropped a game that afternoon to Montreat. Number 15, Warner uh, dropped the Sun Conference series to number 18, Weber. Mobile picked up a huge non-conference series sweep over number 20, Freed Hardeman. Blue Mountain wins the SSAC series over number 21, Middle Georgia State. Just a wild weekend, Cody. I mean, you and I don't pay a lot of attention uh, to the top to the coaches poll top 25 and that's for a variety of reasons but there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to have people kind of turning their heads i think the good news though for southeastern is you look up and you see everyone else lost too since he was and you look up everyone else lost too so it's not just you i think that's the benefit there but yeah you have four teams in the top 10 they didn't just lose they dropped a series i mean southeastern like you said first series of the year done since he wasn't dropped their first series of the year Mid-American Nazarene is playing extremely well. Zach Trevino went seven-inning CG, pitched really well in that start. And I think it's time we start talking about Mid-American Nazarene's closer, Nathan Torres. Leads the NAIA in saves, 10 saves this season, has not given up a run, is punching out two in innings, got 32 punch-outs in 16 innings. Uh, he's been really special this year. Big series win for Mid-American Nazarene. Go out there on the road to Central Methodist and take three. Uh, Florida Memorial to take two off St. Thomas, one of the bigger upsets in the entire season. I mean, across the board, did not see that coming. College of Idaho, they only took one game off LC State, but they played LC pretty well for the weekend. Uh, Warner on their slot. Warner seems like they're going up. They take a series off Kaiser. Weber seems like they're going back. And then Weber to come out there and put it on Warner for two games. Uh, Really big series win for Weber to get back in the thick of things. Mobile, a team that's kind of been under the radar, not even top four in the Southern States this year. Did not see that coming mind-boggling. Take all three off of them. Blue Mountain, what they did to Middle Georgia on Saturday. Just like you said, a crazy weekend, man. Yeah, it, it really was crazy, man. Just so much going on this weekend. It was some, It was a main focal point for you and me that, that we really uh, could not believe just how wild this weekend was overall for NAI baseball and and just really really crazy anything before we get off of shout outs and mentions you know I mean it it was just such an insane weekend yeah I definitely want to give a shout out to two pitchers Devin Kunse for Central Baptist to a no hitter and an AMC conference win over MOBAP I'm going to go over there against a top three team in the conference and I want to give a shout out to Crowley's Ridge starting pitcher Jack Henry Glasgow he threw a perfect game in the win over Ecclesia Absolutely dominant stuff to go perfect game in seven innings. Big time performance to those pitchers. Really, really cool stuff there, man. Uh, so much to go over. Really well, a really rare weekend where we have three teams throw no hitters, a perfect game thrown in there. I mean, just a ton going on this weekend. I'm combine that with just the absolute insanity of the upset market that we had this weekend. It sets up for a lot of crazy things. I got one more for you, Rob, before we Absolutely. Move on Fire away. Uh, just hot off the press, man. Just got the DM on Twitter. Coach Wayne Albury of Peru State got his 800 career win on Saturday. It was a 1-0 walk-off win in extra innings. Shout out to Coach Albury, 800 career wins. Congrats there to Coach Albury on that one. Speaking of coaches, joining us now here on the NAI Ball Podcast on the Off-Speed Athletics Hotline, it is Olivet Nazarene head baseball coach Jeff Mulliken to talk about his team and the CCAC and what they've experienced this season and highlight some of his players right here, right now on the NAI Ball Podcast. Joining us now on the NAI Ball Podcast all the way from Illinois is the head baseball coach of Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A, Illinois. It is head coach Jeff Mulliken joining us now here on the NAI Ball Podcast. Coach, man, how's it going? Thanks for taking some time out of your day and joining us. Yeah, no, it's going great. We'll definitely appreciate this. We'll always make time for, for you guys. What you are doing for the game and for NAI baseball is, is appreciated by all the coaches and players. So really appreciate what you all are doing and, and keep it up. 
Now you're you're kind of an NAI lifer, huh? I mean, you went you went to SCAD when they had baseball, Savannah College of Art and Design. Uh, you went to you know you were at MNU getting your master's, coaching there. You know you've you've been all over the NAI. Now not your first head coaching job, but your first head coaching job uh, with Olivet Nazarene. You know the reins of a CCAC program and a place that you're finding a lot of success right now with the CCAC championship last year. I mean, some business to take care of this year, the rest of the way, but the longest winning streak in the nation at the time that we are recording this show. I mean, you got to be pretty happy with with the way that everything's going for you so far in your time in the NAI. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely feel blessed, you know, and always knew that NAI was the level of, of competition that I could compete with best as a player and just kind of fell in love with it. I think there's some really good baseball, um, there's some really good competition, some really great coaches, some historic programs. Um, it's just a lot of opportunity and you know I've, I've always loved the NAI and that was that was the goal was to become an NAI head coach when when I started out on my journey and kind of taking me all over into a lot of great places where I was able to learn a lot and, and grow and develop and really blessed and fortunate that that all of that took a chance on me and, and hired me and gave me a chance to, to run my own NAI program really grateful for that. Coach you started last you know you came in in 2020 actually so you come in in 2020 you go three and 15 2021 comes around 36 and 20. It's a big difference, you know, between the two years. Obviously, COVID did not allow for the full uh, regular season schedule. You didn't get to play, I don't think, any CCAC games. But last year, you know, really your first full year at Olivet Nazarene, you win the regular season, you win the tournament, you're the coach of the year, and you get to make a a run at, at the opening round. Uh, which is, you know, just something that once you can get to the dance, you got a chance to go to go to the big dance. You know, it's it's something that's incredible. I mean, what was last season like for you in in really what was your first full season of getting to coach those guys on that field? Yeah, I mean, it was an absolute blast. Had a great group of guys. You know, we had a really big recruiting class between that 2020 and 21 year. And um, really worked hard to go out and find guys that that fit us as a coaching staff, fit the university and fit our program and what we were trying to to accomplish. So it was really cool to kind of see that go into fruition and for the guys to go out there and, and compete at the level that they did. Obviously, no one wants to start their first NAI head coaching job three and 15. So that definitely lit a fire and, you know, gave me the motivation to go out there and just continue to push and find the best available guys that were, were great character fits for our program. And really gave us the opportunity to propel us to where we are now. And we're just trying to trying to play high quality baseball with, with the guys that we have and trying to do the best that we can to, to compete and, and bring honor and glory to our university, to God, and, and allow these guys to showcase their talents and abilities. Coach, one of the things I've been most impressed about your time at Olivet is your willingness to play anyone. You've played Central Methodist University. You've played Missouri Baptist. You look at your out-of-conference slate this year, you played the number one team in the Crossroads in Taylor. You played the number two team in the heart right now, Mid American Nazarene. You played the number two team in the Mid South, and you played the number four team in the WAC in Concordia Ann Arbor. I mean, you have tested yourself at a conference to begin this season. Talk to me about, I guess, your philosophy to challenge your team against the best of the best, and how that helps your team going into conference play. Yeah, I, I said it all along when when I became a head coach. I, I wanted create a team that's competitive, that's blue collar, that goes out there and, and competes against the best teams. And the only way you can find out if you're capable of doing that is by playing the best possible teams that you can. So that's definitely our philosophy is to be as battle tested as we can when we get into conference. So in that way, the the pressure of the standings of, of our conference, the, the pressure of winning uh, is, is lightened because we've already played really good competition and we faced teams top one, two, three, and four arms in, in a weekend series against Mid-America. And it just gets our guys ready and really gets them to, to believe in themselves. And they realize, you know, hey, we, we can compete with these guys. And not only can we compete with these guys, but, but you know, we can, we can beat them. And that gives the guys confidence. And we have a really great group of guys that, that work really hard and push themselves. And, and they like to be challenged. And that's kind of our – our shtick here is we want to go and, and play the best possible teams that we can. So then when the dust settles, um, we're right in the mix of where we want to be. Coach, you have a really special arm in Ethan Underwood. I mean, 10 games started this year, 7-1 and one record, 5 complete games, 65 innings pitch. He struck out 49. You know, uh, just a, a really talented season that, that he's having overall for y'all. 
Uh, can you kind of talk about how, how great he's been? I mean, he's got a sub two ERA and, and just what he's meant to your program over the years. Yeah. So we, we got, um, Ethan from coach dash out at Georgia Highlands. Um, he put up insane numbers there as well. I think he had 35 strikeouts and four walks the, the COVID year. Um, but you know, what, what Ethan has done on the, on the field has paled in comparison to what he's done off the field. He's been a big social cohesion guy for our club. Um, he works harder than anybody. He's like a three, eight engineering student. Um, he's just an incredible, just all around young man. Um, and when he goes out there, everything to him is it's, it's a puzzle. It's a challenge, right? Obviously going from Georgia to Illinois, there's some weather issues. There's some things that are outside of his control and he's never once complained about it. He just, he wants to figure it out. You know, it's the wind's blowing in his face. He doesn't care. He's going to figure it out. If he gives up some runs early, he doesn't care. He's, he's going to figure it out. He's just a, a complete competitor and he's just been a, a phenomenal teammate, a phenomenal human being. And he's been a, a major blessing to our program, both on and off the field. Coach, following it up with another pitcher, I mean, he was the best pitching staff in the conference. Uh, 289 ERA in conference play, absolutely getting it done. Talk to us about Aaron Gustafson. Now, he was a guy that was the number two last year behind Underwood, the pitcher of the year, was really good last season, really good this season. He's punching out over 10, almost basically 10K per nine. He's got 65 punch outs in 59 innings, a little bit more swing and miss stuff. Talk to us about his game. Yeah, we, we call him Goose. Um, Goose is, is fiercely competitive. Um, you know, big left-handed breaking ball comes out of his hand really well, tunnels everything really well, and just goes out and, and competes. You know, he has the only perfect game in all of that history. He's one of three to record 100 strikeouts in a season. Um, he's very serious about his craft, really dedicated, and he's he's been a huge spark plug for us. We've been having him throw our midweek conference games, um, which has been phenomenal for us because he's helped us maintain the maintain where we're at and gives us the edge against a lot of opponents. And uh, Goose has just been another great arm for us. Coach, the guy behind the dish, Tyler Wheeler, you know, your catcher, he's got nine bombs hitting 352. You know, what does that have to, to have a guy behind the plate calling a game that's able to go up there and, and really swing the bat well for you? Yeah, Tyler's, a, Tyler's another great story, another high academic kid from a junior college out in, in Washington. He was a guy that kind of got buried behind some some really high-end catchers there and didn't get a lot of opportunities out of Tacoma Community College. And we saw him on film and just loved what we saw. Showed up on campus. Uh, he's an absolute beast in the weight room, works his tail off behind the plate, has a really good arm, and he's been swinging the bat really well for us. Uh, he was a second-team all-conference guy for us last year. So we were kind of hoping that he would, you know, maintain what he did last year, and and he's come out and and done a lot better than he did last year, and improved on all of his offensive numbers. I mean, he hit 267 last year with three home runs. Um, so just that in of itself to to go up that many points in his batting average and home runs, um, been really stable for us behind the plate and at the dish, and one of another one of our captains, just a great leader, really pushes the guys, keeps the culture in check, and is just a, a an awesome human being. To pitch as well as you have and to still score 10 runs a game in conference, I mean, you're right there at 9.9, absolutely getting it done offensively. Kai Hudson leads the team in runs. Talk to us about just some of the better players you have on your team offensively that are really getting it done. Like Robert Jackman, 48 hits this year. He has 15 extra base hits, 26 RBIs, getting on base at a 447 clip. Talk to us about some of your standouts on offense. Yeah, Robert Jackman's another cool story. You know, he – didn't play a whole lot his first two years. We had a guy get injured when we were at Bethel, and we made the decision to put him in just for the, the added defense that he has. He's a great athlete, and he ends up getting a great bunt down for us. It's a game-winning home run in the next game and has just been on an absolute tear ever since. Um, he's been great for us. Uh, Gunner's been holding it down for us at first base. Gunner Pollins has been doing really well. Um, Kai Hudson's played some of the best defense at short that I've, I've seen as a coach. Um, and been doing really well offensively. Uh, Ryan Russman's another really cool story for us. He's been doing really well defensively. I, I, you know, knock on wood, he's filled in a thousand right now in the year at second base. Um, you know, we just we've had guys just piece it together. You know, there've been situations early on we had to do kind of more small ball, had to kind of bunt, had to hit and run to to manufacture things. So all of our guys are versatile. They're all capable of of handling the bat, but. Um, they're seeing it really well, and and I I give that to them and the credit them. They work really hard in our in our indoor turf room. 
They work really hard at practice. They're all dedicated. They're constantly talking to each other about their swings. Um, you know, I've got a really good assistant coach in John Shiver. He's been working with them offensively. Um, it's just it's been a really good balance of of guys taking accountability and, and ownership and and guys picking each other up. So um, it's been it's been really fun and, and really special to coach this group. Coach, you talked about how special it's been to coach this group. You started the season four and eight at the end of February, you know, through your first 12 games. Now, all of a sudden, you've won 19 straight. You've got the longest active winning streak in the nation, 27-14 overall, 20-2 and two in conference play. I mean, that's that's a heck of a turnaround. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, I, I give the credit to our guys and their maturity that regardless of who the opponent is, they – they go about their work the same way and they, they compete. They don't care what the score is. They don't care what the situation is. They're going out there. They're giving a hundred percent because, you know, we've got a chip on our shoulder. You know, we we're the defending conference champions. We won the regular season and the tournament. So, you know, we're, we're all kind of out to prove that it wasn't a, a one-year fluke that, you know, people didn't overlook us because we were three and 15 the year before. So I, I would definitely say our, our guys have an edge. Um, they want to work. They want to see how far we can take this. And, and they're not satisfied with just the conference. You know, they're not just satisfied with the conference tournament. They want to see what we're capable of. And, and they work towards that. They're definitely not not done or satisfied. Well, actually, that actually speaks on to my next question I was going to ask you. Because, I mean, you have three games with St. Xavier left. You have a game with St. Ambrose left. You got a game with Judson. You got some tough competition left. But you were closing in on another regular season title. Um, and as long as you play well down the stretch, you play like you have been. That would be back-to-back regular season titles, which more importantly means back-to-back trips to the opening round, back-to-back trips to the national tournament. I guess what is your goal for this club coming into the season? Was it to defend your conference title? Was it to go out there and get back to the national tournament? Or I mean, what was the goal as a team? Yeah, the goal was to get back to the national tournament. You know, we we got a good taste of it. We were in a in a great pod at Indiana Wesleyan and. You know, it gave us as a coaching staff a chance to evaluate where we were as a team and kind of where we stood next to, you know, the Indiana Wesleyans, the Oklahoma Wesleyans and and those types of programs. And it gave us a taste of what we needed to do. So this fall, we put an emphasis in the weight room and and trying to get more physical. That's why I think a lot of our extra base hit numbers went up. Um, And yeah, the goal every year that I'm, I'm coaching is to make it to a national tournament and see what we're capable of. Talk to us about how much fun that conference tournament was for you last year, because I really enjoyed it as an outsider, just watching it. Uh, you and St. Xavier came down to, and just, I mean, honestly, I think it was just like two of the best programs in the conference going at it for a conference championship. It seems like every year I watch y'all's tournament, y'all are one of the later ones to finish. And what I enjoy about your conference tournament is it seems like it always ends in a night game. Now, I can't be sure about that. I know the last few years it seems like that. It's fun because a lot of these conference tournaments wrap up during the day, and then later that night, it's the CCAC still going on. And with obviously, you know, there's two bids going up in that league. There's always a bid to play for. It's just a lot of fun, competitive environment. I believe y'all played in Joliet last year. Is that correct? Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's correct. We played at the, yeah. the Joliet and that's a beautiful, Stadium. So just talk to us about that experience playing in the CCAC tournament because it is a fun week of baseball. Yeah, no, it was, every game was electric. Um, You know, everybody's going in there 0-0. Everybody's got something to prove. Um, You know, I've got a lot of respect for the coaches in our conference and and Coach Addison at St. Xavier, and we ended up having to play them three times. Um, And it was just, it was amazing. It was, it was fun. It was, it was competitive. The guys got after it. Um, But yeah, it was, it was, it was challenging. You know, when you're the, when you're the one seed and you win, you play at seven o'clock, then you play at seven o'clock. And um, it was a lot of night games and, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, we went into it not really knowing what to expect. We're like, okay, we won the regular season. Let's let's see what we want to do and, and kind of manage guys so we're as close to 100% um, going into an opening round. But um, as you guys know, the the competitive juices start flowing and and that that comes into play. And and our guys they wanted to compete and they just kept giving us opportunities and kept fighting back and kept battling and it was exhausting and also one of the the coolest experiences as a coach to to have that and, and have that kind of be the, the wrap up, you know, walking off on, on St. X and, and that last game was, was really special. Head baseball coach at Olivet Nazarene university in bourbon, a Illinois, Jeff Mulliken has been our guest on the show coach, man, just really thank you for taking some time out of your day. And uh, I know things get busy this time of the year. Cause you're, you're thinking uh, about, what's coming up next you're thinking about recruiting you're thinking about everything in between uh as well as as travel and just 
everything and anything you got going on. So really thank you for taking some time out of your day and talking with us. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I uh, just want to give a quick shout out. Thank my wife, Jenny Lee, for her support and love through all of this. Um, and best of luck to all the coaches this season. And, and again, can't say enough about you guys at NAI Ball. You guys are doing a great job. So please keep it up. Keep spreading the love and uh, keep supporting us. So, Cody, a huge thanks to uh, Jeff Mulliken for joining us here on the NAI Ball podcast and really giving us an insight. I believe that's the first CCAC coach we've ever had on the show. It is. It's the first time we've ever had a coach from the Chicago land on the show. And I think he did really well. Glad to have him on there. Really appreciative for him coming on. So again, one more time, a huge thanks to all of it. Nazarene head baseball coach, Jeff Mulliken for joining us here on the show. Cody, let's jump into some conference races, the tightest conferences from around the nation. Let's go conference by conference here of the ones that we have selected to kind of highlight, uh, you know, really these are the six conferences. We feel like they're coming down to the, to the wire, the closest, the AMC will start off there, but you've got a tie for first place. And then you've got two teams really pretty close within two games of first place, but tied for first place. You've got Columbia at 12 and three. You've got lion at 12 and three. William Woods is tied for third at 10 and five. Missouri Baptist also tied for third at 10 and five. Cody, give us a preview kind of what's coming up, what's been happening, what's going on in the AMC. This is going to be a big time finish on the stretch. Now, the one thing to note about this conference right off the bat is that the regular season champion only is playing for seeding. So there's one bid to the tournament champion that's hit in this conference. But there's some big time matchups down the stretch, man. Columbia, like you said, 12 and three. They have at Missouri Baptist, the number three team, and they host Central Baptist, the number five. When you look at Lions' schedule left, they're at number three, William Woods, this weekend, and then they host Hannibal LaGrange, the eighth team of the conference. So you got Columbia and Mobap about to play this weekend. You got Lion and William Woods about to play this weekend. That is one verse three, one verse three. I mean, William Woods and Missouri Baptist both 10 and five. Columbia and Lion both 12 and three. Like you said, one weekend could flip the script. Missouri Baptist comes out here and you sweep Columbia. Well, you're ahead of Columbia in the conference. And you need Lion to drop a game or so. But Mo Baptist still has everything to play for for seeding. So does William Woods. William Woods go out there. You take all three over Lion. Just like that, you move ahead in front of them. Lion has the best offense in the AMC. They're hitting 327, scoring nine runs per game. Columbia, by far the best pitching, 373 team ERA. But Lion right now playing the best offense. They're the best defensive team. They have a 970 field percentage. It's going to be interesting down the stretch. When you look at the tougher schedule, Columbia has a tougher schedule, no doubt. Columbia's got to play Missouri Baptist on the road, and then they're going to play a Central Baptist team that just took a series off Mo Baptist past weekend. Lion, yes, you have a tough schedule. You're going to have to go to at William Woods this weekend. That's going to be tough, the number three team. But then you host Hannibal LaGrange, a team that you like them to sweep. So it's going to be important for Columbia to have a really good weekend this weekend. Yeah, that that's going to be huge for Columbia to have a really good weekend this weekend just because – You've got Lion breathing down your neck, and you can't really, if you're both Columbia and Lion, you can't even look all the way behind you because you've got William Woods and Mobap on your tail. Missouri Baptist, Cody, I feel like um, had a big chance, but like you said, CBC comes out, takes a series from Missouri Baptist, and now all of a sudden they find themselves two games back with with you know time running out. Agreed completely. I mean, we just look at how important every weekend matters. Could be caught looking ahead, looking ahead to Columbia. And uh, it costs them. It costs them a game. And, you know, those games are big. Even if you win Series 2-1, to one, you drop it 1-2. to two. I mean, that's a big – that's a big game. Now you're not just one game down. You're two games down. So you have to sweep Columbia this weekend if you're Mobap. Uh, you, it's really important for them to sweep this weekend. So it's just – they still have it to play for. It's within reach. It's a close conference. There's four teams within three games. But we'll see a playoff. Huge series in the AMC this weekend in a race where there are four teams – within two games of each other. We move on to the Cal Pack here in Cody. The Cal Pack's been kind of up and down. You know, we, we really noticed the Cal Pack, I want to say uh, 2017, 2018, we really started to notice the Cal Pack. Uh, they had a big emergence. This year, there's just three teams in the conference with winning records, but there are five teams battling it out here in this conference with an opportunity to take the bid. Now, this is a two-bid league this year, uh, and so the Cal Pack really has its biggest series this weekend when UAV and USK, St. Catherine and Antelope Valley play each other 
looking at it overall, Antelope Valley in first place right now at 16 and 5, St. Catherine 14 and 7, two games back. The the team that a lot of people had the, as the front runner heading into the season, Benue Mesa 12 and 9, finding themselves four games back, but also with them at 12 and 9, Park Gilbert four games back in Marymount, California, also 12 and nine, four games back. So things could get tight down the stretch here, especially if St. Catherine is able to take some games off of Antelope Valley. The regular season champion of the Cowpack this year does get an automatic qualifier. That's new to this conference. They have enough teams in there now. Big series this weekend. Antelope Valley's on the road at St. Catherine. They're two games up. If they go out there and they get that series win, Next weekend, they host Westcliff, who is the eighth team in the Cal Pack. You really like Antelope Valley's chances. This is the team that we've kind of been leaning towards down the stretch, and they're playing well. They had the one series slip up, back on the right foot again. They go out there, they handle business against St. Catherine. I think their conference is theirs for the taking. But St. Catherine, they handle business. They have a tough schedule left. They're hosting Antelope Valley this week, the number one team, but then they're on the road at Marymount, a team that you mentioned that's really tied for third in the conference. They're 12-9. and nine. That's a tough schedule. Marymount's got Embry Riddle, the sixth place team, and St. Catherine. It's just when you look at the schedules, Antelope Valley seems to be in the best position right now. You handle business this weekend, you host Westcliff, and you get your bid to the national tournament. Embry Riddle is actually the best offensive team in the league, and they're actually the best offensive team in the league by a pretty good margin. Uh, they're hitting 336 as a team. They have 10 runs per game, but they're actually sixth in conference standings because they're pitching on a seven ERA. It's just not getting it done. They're actually the best fielding team, too, Embry-Riddle at a 964 clip. But UAV is a clear-cut best pitching team, by far the number one pitching team, with a 4.57 ERA. No one else has an ERA under six. Uh, the UAV is number two in offense. They're number two in fielding. They're just the most complete team in this league, and I like their chances to get a bit. Yeah, I like UAV as well. I, I think kind of when the, once the season started, you know, we had heard a lot of good things about Antelope Valley, and, and they've really, at 16-5, and five, gone out and done a lot of those things. Uh, the Cal Pack's been a, a lot of up and down this year, but Antelope Valley has stayed pretty consistent uh, throughout the season. And so the, a big opportunity to separate yourself this weekend, Cody. If you're in the Cal Pack, if you're in Antelope Valley, you are rooting. If you're behind, if you're St. Catherine or behind St. Catherine, you are rooting for USK. Antelope Valley controls their own destiny, though. Moving on here to the Crossroads League, Cody. It is another mashup at the top. Taylor is tied for first place at 20 and 8. Mount Vernon Nazarene is tied for first place at 20 and 8. Indiana Wesleyan currently sits in third, 18 and 10, two games back. Huntington, three games back at 17 and 11. This one is tight, and we've got, you know, some of the top four teams playing each other, especially this weekend, Cody. Yeah, this one is extremely tight. Let's go back to last weekend really quick. Taylor and Mount Vernon Nazarene just played each other, a four-game series. Taylor swept on Friday. They were up two games at first place. Mount Vernon Nazarene does exactly what they have to do. They come out there, they sweep on Saturday. Not so fast, my friend, Lee Corso. They bring them back. They're both now tied at 28, like you said. Indiana Wesleyan is just two games back. But because this is a conference where they play four-game series, man, you can make a lot happen in one weekend. Taylor this weekend, they're hosting number three, Indiana Wesleyan. That's a tough matchup. If you remember last year, Indiana Wesleyan clubbed them. This year, Taylor's getting to host them on their field, and that's a big series. Because if Taylor can go out there and make something happen, they get to host Grace, who's the ninth team in the conference next week. Mount Vernon's at number nine, Grace, this weekend. But then they go and host number four, Huntington, who's only a couple of more games back. I mean, so this is their three games back from first place. Huntington goes out there. They sweep that series. Just like that, you're at least head of Mount Vernon. Uh, crazy finish down the stretch, man. This, to me, is going to be the hardest one to predict. Taylor, the last two weekends, I feel like they've had opportunities to separate. They split 2-2 two and two with Spring Arbor. They split 2-2 two and two with Mount Vernon. And, man, they're tied for first place right now. But if you just would have not dropped two of those to Spring Arbor, you're in a much better position. You're in a position where Indiana Wesleyan can't catch you this weekend. Now Indiana Wesleyan can. They go out there and they win this series 3-1. to one. You're behind them. And that it, that's not what you want if you're Taylor, obviously. Because this is a bid, this is a league where the regular season champion is getting a bid to the national tournament. Whoever finishes in first place takes that one seed, they are going to the national tournament this year. Best offensive team in the league, Indiana Wesleyan. We've been saying that all season. 330 average, 8.6 runs per game. Mount Vernon Nazarene is the clear-cut best pitching team. 472 ERA. They've been really good on the mound. 
but Taylor's the best fielding team. They're fielding at a 972 fielding percentage. Taylor is seventh in average if you look at batting average this season, but they're first in walks in the conference, second in runs, and third in OBP. So they're finding ways to score. It really doesn't matter as long as you're getting on base and scoring runs, and they are doing that. Like I said, I think it just comes down to this weekend is huge. This weekend is huge for Taylor. Taylor hosts Indiana Wesley in a four-game set. That's one that we consider to be big series of the week again. And then Huntington in two weeks when they play Mount Vernon Nazarene. That's going to be a big one too. Mm -hmm. This series is going to come down to the next two weekends, and it's going to take every single day to close this out. These are the best, man. When you you have something like the Crossroads League going on where you got two teams tied for first and you got two teams, you know, basically a series within each other of first place and you've got a bid on the line to go to the national tournament straight away. Uh, and then you've got, you know, the you've got at least two or three series where these teams play each other. It is the absolute best. Absolutely gets me fired up. So the Crossroads League there is uh, what Cody just went over. We'll keep it rolling here to the KCAC. Ottawa, Cody, is in first place. Tabor is two games back in second. Min McPherson also two games back in second. The way that breaks down is Ottawa is 23-3. and three. Tabor and McPherson both 21-5. and five. Now, we don't know uh, how the KCAC does it, Cody. We, we have to go through their charter about how they do their tiebreakers. Whether or not this goes to head-to-head results or, or how exactly the KCAC would do a tiebreaker, if McPherson and Ottawa were tied, McPherson did win the series, though, so any head-to-head result would favor McPherson but a huge matchup first where if you are Ottawa, you have a chance to really seal the deal and, and do away with it with Tabor this weekend. Yeah. And that's a little bit of craziness too. Cause you look at Tabor, Tabor actually took the series over McPherson. Like you said, McPherson took the series over Ottawa. If you're Ottawa, you control your own destiny. If you're Ottawa, you host number two Tabor this weekend. You win that series. You're at number 11 Sterling, a team that I don't think Ottawa's going to struggle with. Ottawa, I think can really sew this bad boy up. This weekend, you just got to get it done against Tabor. You're going to have to play your best baseball. You didn't win the series against McPherson. You can't afford to drop this one against Tabor. They're 23-3 and in conference, 32-5 and overall. Uh, really like their chances with Steven Norell and Tyler Bryant, Hector Sepulveda, to just go out there and throw and get it done. They're the best pitching team in the conference. They have a 2.85 ERA. Robbie, think about that, man. In the KCAC, we, we know the KCAC. We know some of their parts. Right. Smaller than others, the balls fly. Tabor's hitting like 80 home runs on the season. Yeah, you get that wind blowing out there on the planes. Yeah, and to have a 2.85 team ERA, that is incredible. They're punching out 11 batters a game. I mean, they really are one of the best pitching teams in the KCAC we've seen in a minute. Uh, Tabor offensively has been incredible. They're hitting 352 as a club in conference. They're averaging 10 runs per game. This is a clear cut. Ottawa versus Tabor is pitching versus hitting, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think we've made that pretty obvious in our later choice of big series of the week. This is a massive showdown this weekend. For Tabor, the time is now. You're two games back. You have to go out there and get the job done this weekend. you got to at least take two. You take two, and then it comes into that three-team jungle. Because like you said, yes, McPherson does have the nod over Ottawa, but Tabor has the nod over McPherson. I don't want to see the craziness play out. I want to see someone be a clear-cut number one at the end of the day. Because the regular season champion is getting a bid. They're going to the national tournament. And uh, this is a big one, man. Ottawa's got Tabor. Tabor's got Ottawa and Kansas Wesleyan left. Uh, McPherson has Southwestern and Friends left. From a standpoint of, like, just the schedule, McPherson's in the best spot. You're at the number 12 team in the conference, the worst team in the conference this weekend. And then you host Friends, who's in the fourth place. But you need some help. Obviously, you need Ottawa to drop two games. I feel like if you're a McPherson player, coach, family, friend, whatever, you're big Tabor guys this weekend, right? I think you have to be. Yeah, you you, you really do have to be because it's it's really Ottawa's last chance uh, unless they just go out there and, and lose their minds against Sterling. Uh, of course, baseball's weird. Anything can happen. But it's really Ottawa's last chance to be uh, knocked off in a couple of games, to lose a couple of ball games for McPherson to step up or Tabor to step up. I mean, you have the opportunity there to get into that first place uh, threshold. And again, Cody, we're talking about punching your ticket, going to the big dance, not having to worry about what happens in the conference tournament. We cannot stress this enough. It is not fun to be an at-large bid, to be a bubble team, because unless you're Southeastern or St. Thomas or Shreveport or OCU, you know, it does not matter what you do. 
in the what they do in the conference tournament. I, I would say, Cody, I feel pretty comfortable to say they're in. But there's 15 at-large bids, and all of a sudden somebody comes up, you know, from the lower ranks, wins the conference bid in the CCAC or in, the, you know, the GPAC, or even, even in, you know, the, the GSAC. Uh, there go if so if if somebody in the GSAC was to win other than the the three top teams, Cody, can you imagine how how tough that would be on the GSAC and the at large bids? I mean, you're cutting it down by basically three at that point. Then if somebody in the Sun Conference was to win, you're cutting it down even more. You cannot wait around and wait for that at large bid. It is nerve wracking. It is not fun. It is not something you want to do. You have the opportunity to sew that up. Get yourself into the national tournament now. Do it now. Do it now. Punch that ticket. Save your breath. Save your arms. Just really going to be interesting here in the KCAC to see how this one goes down, Cody, because we've got Ottawa and Tabor, a series that we will talk a little bit more about later uh, in the show that is going to be huge and have major implications, not just nationally, but as well in the KCAC that'll you know, reverberate out nationally. The GPAC, Cody, number one is Doan, 18-2. and two. What a season for Doan that they are having. An absolute run right now because you've got a team in Concordia, Nebraska, who's four games back in second place that was a World Series participant last season. Mount Marty is five games back in third at 13-7, and seven, and Briarcliff is currently seven games back in the GPAC. Uh, this conference, there's eight games to let. There's eight games left, so I did not want to leave Briarcliff out of there because you never know what can happen. But it, if you're Doan, you have to feel like you can see the finish line. It's just how do you get there? One hundred percent agree. And they put their best foot forward last Friday, man. They go on the road to Concordia and they sweep them at their place. They take both games of a doubleheader. It's the only two times they'll play this year, and I can't be enough impressed with Doan. Doan, we knew. And we talked about on the show, they're the best pitching team in the conference. They've been the best pitching team in the conference all season. Uh, they have an ERA that is absolutely ridiculous right now, a 2-8 ERA. They're punching out 10.8 batters a game. They're absolutely getting it done. I mean, they look really, really good. And to go up there and to hold Concordia the way they did, to play Concordia, a Concordia team that's that good and hold them to three runs, I uh, can't speak enough on it, man. You go out there and hold them to three runs at their place across two different games. That's Their pitching is what their pitching is. Doan looks incredible, man. They're they're really in a really good shape, in my opinion, to win this conference. They're four games up on Concordia, five games up on Mount Marty. If you look at their schedule left, they have the 11th place team in Hastings. They have the number three team in Mount Marty, and then they have the number seven team in Midland. But if you look at what they've done all season long, they're not dropping conference games. They're not taking weekends off. They're getting it done. They are absolutely getting it done. They look like a national tournament team. They were a national tournament team last year. They're going to be one again this year. I just don't see any way around it. Offensively, Concordia is still the best offense, 335 average, scoring nine runs a game. Midland is the best fielding team. But if you look at Doan, they're the second best offense. They're hitting 311. They're still scoring at a really high clip. Doan, to me, is the most complete team. Uh, I think that's the difference between last year. Concordia last year was hitting about the same. I mean, they're obviously they were hitting really good last year, hitting really good this year. Uh, the difference is, is they don't have the pitching this year that they had last year. Uh, they just don't have the crowd over arms they had, and it's shown up on play. I like Dolan to finish this out, get this regular season bid, and the regular season champion does get a bid, and I do like it to be Dolan. I just think they've been really special this year. Yeah, I think Dolan's got a got an just a big time opportunity to do something really good this year, and and really, I mean, Cody, they've shown it. Their body of work has shown it. Their overall uh, season, especially in GPAC play, has shown it. So it is, you know, one of those things where, the, like I said, the finish line is in sight. Now you just got to get there, and then last but not least. Cody, this conference does not have an automatic qualifier bid to the conference champion, but when you're talking about one-bid conferences that are this tight, you know, positioning is everything, and that is the River States. IUS and Point Park tied for first, and then IU Kokomo just a half game back. So IUS and Point Park 15-3, and three. Kokomo 14-3, and three, a half game back. That's all that's going on right now uh, in the RSC where teams are jockeying for position going into the conference tournament that will decide who is going to represent the River States in the tournament. But, man, the drama, if there was a regular season bid, 
Because if you're Kokomo, like you said, a half team back in third place, you know who Kokomo has left on their schedule, Robbie? Kokomo has Point Park and IUS. They have the top two teams in front of them. Yes, that's tough sledding. I mean, obviously, that is going to be really tough to go against those teams and back-to-back weekends. But, man, what more can you ask for? I mean, literally, you control your own destiny. IUS this weekend at number three, Kokomo, at number four, Midway. So they have a tough little slate IUS has left. Point Park, you're hosting Rio, the number five team in the conference, Rio Grande, and then you're at Kokomo. Uh, Kokomo's versus IU Point Park, brutal schedule for Kokomo down the stretch. And then Midway at Ohio Christian at IUS. If you're Midway, you want to keep playing well because you're hoping in the flip side of this for Kokomo, if Kokomo goes out there and they drop six games to Point Park and IUS, Midway, you're playing yourself up into that three seed. And because, like you said, the tournament champions, all that matters, you want to get the best seed possible you can get. IUS is the best offense in the conference. They're hitting 338 as a team. They're scoring nine runs per game. Uh, Point Park's the best pitching team by far, 274 team ERA. Kokomo, worth noting, they're top three in both hitting and pitching, so they're a complete team. I think all three of these teams are really good. I mean, I think Kokomo's a team that's took a game off Shreveport this year. Uh, they played Loyola really well out of conference as well, too. IUS, I think, is quietly getting swept under the rug because of their start, and I don't think that that's really fair to them. And you look at who they played, Tennessee Wesleyan, Southeastern, LSU, Shreveport. I mean, my goodness. Then they went and played Uno in a set, two, and Uno's now ranked. The beginning of IUS's schedule is ridiculous. Some of the pitchers they faced this year, IUS, they faced Rob Adams of Southeastern. They faced Bobby Bath of LSU Shreveport. Uh, they faced Kobe Foster of Tennessee Wesleyan. I mean, that's three All-Americans right there, my man. They faced Austin Seidel and the I All-American at Tabor at the Cajun. I think IUS are 28 and 11, but yes, they dropped six of those games right out the gate. They started the year dropping six games. So they have put it on. They've performed really well of late. And I think IUS is a team that we were super high on at the beginning of this season. And I think we kind of fell off of them. Obviously, the coaches both fell off of them. They're pretty, they're, I think they're under ranked right now. I think this is a team that's closer to top 10 than top 20. Uh, they look really good and they're playing really well. Yeah, that that's going to be something to to really behold is because if you're IUS and you can get healthy after what you've seen, you know, and you can stay healthy into the postseason after everything you've seen this season, you have to feel confident about going on another a big run at the end of the year. So I, I definitely think that that this conference is going to be interesting. Uh, Kokomo, like you said, holds it all in their hands there. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens, Cody. That is just a highlight of the nation's toughest and really closest races coming down the stretch throughout the nation. Some of those, most of them with automatic qualifier bids, you know, at stake and then the AMC and the river States with really more positioning at stake, but those are conferences that, you know, it's going to be tough to get, multiple teams in depending on what the national landscape looks like at the end of the day. So you got it jockey for the best position possible. Cody, it is now time for our NAI ball hitter pitcher and team of the week. This is brought to you by pitch pro. The newest sponsor of the NAI ball podcast player of the week awards is pitch pro and pitch pro brought to you by Aeroform is the leading provider of portable mounds for both USSA baseball and major league baseball designed for both indoor and outdoor use. Pitch pros portable mounds are built for easy storage. They come with a 10 year core warranty. They aren't made with cheap foams. They don't move and they are lightweight. So do us a favor and check them out on Twitter at their Twitter handle of at Aeroform athletic and see for yourself on Instagram at Aeroform underscore athletics and then visit their website at www.aeroformathletics.com. That's Pitch Pro by Aeroform Athletics, the official platform provider of the MLB Home Run Derby every year. So give them follow and support the people who support us. It is Pitch Pro, your home for your next portable mound. Cody, our hitter of the week is from Baker. It is John Raber. Who went seven for 16 with two doubles, a four home run performance, eight runs scored, 11 RBIs. And then if that wasn't enough for you, he decided to steal four bags as well. That's John Rayburn from Baker. Man, I wish I had him on my fantasy team. I mean, talk about the categories he's sitting up there with getting the extra base hits, getting the runs, home runs, RBIs, and to steal four bases. Like you said, that's a complete performance. That's a complete week. Uh, job well done to him, tip the cap. Our pitcher of the week was a tough one because we had 
so many no hitters this weekend. I mean, we had literally had three no hitters this weekend, but we ended up going with Bellevue's Elijah Johnson, who threw a no hitter versus presentation and had 11 punch outs in that no hitter as well. Elijah Johnson, man, that's a name that's starting to creep his way into the all American conversation. He has been elite this season. I mean, just absolutely special for him to punch out over a hundred batters in 70 innings, have a sub one seventy RA. He's been really, really good. And he's putting it together. Against some really good teams this year. Talked to you off the air about the other day, but he's pitched against Oklahoma Wesleyan this year. He's pitched against St. Thomas, pitched against Concordia, Nebraska. We mentioned their offense earlier. I mean, the guy's pitched against the best of the best. And uh, shout out to Eliza Johnson. Go out there and get the no-hitter. The whole Bruins staff this weekend, they held presentation to something crazy like seven hits in four games. Uh, they were just really, really good on the mound. And it starts with their ace, Eliza Johnson, who is continuously punching out double digits per game. And uh, while his ERA continues to lower, I'm excited to see what he can do in an opening round. Because if you remember last year, Corey Jackson is a guy, what he did in the opening round uh, really probably put him into All-American space. And I'm excited to see what Elijah Johnson can do because he is starting to pitch like an ace, like a true ace. And then last but not least, Cody, our team of the week. Well, we had their head coach on earlier. It's Olivet Nazarene who went 5-0 and this week. They've won 19 straight, the nation's longest win streak. Yeah, man, they're clubbing people. I mean, this is a team that t- tested themselves out of conference early, and they brought that back to the CCAC and their clubbing folks. They dropped an early series to St. Francis and haven't looked back since. Uh, their last loss was March 20th, almost a month ago. By the time the show comes out, it'll probably be a month exactly. So it's just uh, really impressive stuff for all of that Nazarene. They're playing really well. They're hitting really well. They're pitching really well. They look like a complete team. And they definitely look like the best team up north. So congratulations to our hitter of the week from Baker. It's John Rayburn. Our pitcher of the week from Bellevue, it's Elijah Johnson. And our team of the week from the CCAC in Bourbonnais, Illinois, it is Olivet Nazarene. Cody, that is our NAI Ball Podcast hitter, pitcher, and team of the week brought to you by Pitch Pro. And now let's get into seeing some of the biggest series and games that you need to be watching this weekend it's not a long list cody that i'm going to tell you and i'm actually going to have you wait until we make our picks later because 99 percent of these are on there but it is westmont versus vanguard st thomas weber international indiana wesleyan taylor g-town georgetown is taking on cumberlands that's a huge one there in the mid-south columbia versus mobap uav versus st Catharines, uh northwestern taking on Jamestown, Bruton Parker, Faulkner, IUS, IUK. So if you did not hear your series there, you are still alive for the big series of the week. And this week's big series of the week brought to you by Off-Speed Athletics. Cody, it is none other, and we gave a hint at it earlier in the show, than Tabor versus Ottawa. Tabor versus Ottawa. Take me back to the KCAC right here, right now. Tabor. 33-9, 33 and 9, 21 and 5 in conference play. They're hitting 358 in an insane 358. They've got a 535 team ERA. I wanted to give some love to Tanyan Schaefer. I don't I feel like he doesn't get enough love. But outfielder Tanyan Schaefer is hitting 385 with an 800 slugging percentage, 52 hits, 11 doubles, 3 triples, 13 home runs, 50 RBIs. And of course, when you're talking about Tabor, you're talking about Austin Seidel. 13 appearances, 10 games started, 7 and 2 record, 5 complete games, 301 ERA. 74 and two-thirds innings pitch, 94 punch outs, and an 11.33 K per nine. For Ottawa Cody, we're taking a look at a 35 and five record, 23 and three, hitting 328 as a team with a 312 team ERA. Uh, Holland Bone is hitting 460 with a 968 slugging percentage, 58 hits, 41 runs, 20 home runs, 54 RBIs. And then you've got three pitchers that you can go with. I went with my guy, Stephen Norell. Ten games started, 7-1, and one, 254 ERA. 71 innings pitched, two complete games, 81 strikeouts, and a 10.27K per nine. Cody, I genuinely believe this is the nation's big series of the week. You've got something on the line, both uh, within the conference, and then for Ottawa, you've got national rankings to think about as well. Absolutely agree. I mean, both of these teams are inside the top 25, but jockeying for positioning. When you look at the all-time series, Tabor leads all-time series 38-24. to Ottawa won the series last year, though, 2-1, to and beat them in the conference tournament. 
So Ottawa won three of four in 2021. They didn't play the COVID year. Going back to 2019, Ottawa actually won that series as well on the road at Tabor. So they've won two of three in 2019, three of four in 2021. They're five and five in their last 10. This is a big time series for Tabor because if you're going to get it done, you got to get it done now. We mentioned it already earlier. Three teams from this conference made the tournament last year. Oklahoma Wesleyan, Ottawa, and McPherson. We think three teams from this conference will make the national tournament again this year, but you don't want to leave it to fate. Ottawa can literally snitch it up this weekend. The Ottawa goes out there, they win this series. I think it's a no-brainer that they're going to get the bid. You mentioned them, Holland Bone, probably the front runner for KCAC Player of the Year. Uh, absolutely insane with 21 home runs. And then you look at Leo Aguilar, the catcher for Tabor. He has 15, 16 home runs. He's been really special this year. I'm excited to see what Stephen Norrell and Tyler Bryant can do against a Tabor offense that's hitting over 350. Uh, this is going to be their stiffest test by far. They're pitching really well. This is a classic case. We talked about it. Really good pitching versus really good hitting. I'm looking forward to this series. I think it's the biggest series with the most on the line. If the GSAC team had a regular season on the line, maybe we'd holler at them. But this one has a bid on the line, and it comes down to this weekend, and we're really looking forward to it. It is absolutely massive, man. It is legitimately huge. Uh, I'm really excited for this matchup. I think you've got uh, two teams who have good offenses. Obviously, Taylor Tabor, excuse me, hitting 358, just just absolutely insane number there. Uh, I wonder how their pitching is going to match up against the hitters from Ottawa. Uh, I wondered the same thing about McPherson, and McPherson did just fine in that series against the hitters from Ottawa. Uh, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that all breaks down into our big series of the week. Tabor with a massive opportunity to really put themselves into a, a jockeying position for the driver's seat in a bid. Uh, McPherson rooting for Tabor this weekend. And then on top of that, Ottawa with the chance to control their own destiny. It'll be really, really big series that you and I are both extremely excited for so that takes us to quick picks for the week cody i will give the series i will give connor's pick i will give my pick and then i want you to give yours so let's kick things off here with columbia versus missouri baptist i am taking columbia cody i assume you're going to take columbia i am going to take columbia two of the best pitching teams in the conference mobab and columbia are the two best pitching teams in the conference just give me Columbia. I think they're going to find a way to get it done, and they have to. I mean, it's a big-time deal with Lyon breathing down your neck. You can't afford to drop any games right now with Lyon playing the way they are. Tied for first place. Give me Columbia. And Connor is going to take Missouri Baptist. I'm just kidding on that one. Connor, of course, a graduate of Columbia, is going to take Columbia. Antelope Valley versus St. Catharines. Cody, Connor, and I both taking UAV. Who you got? They're playing for an opening round berth. Give me UAV. Got to get it done this weekend. Absolutely agree. They got to get it done this weekend. St. Thomas looking to bounce back from a really bad weekend against Flomo. Weber International coming off of, you know, they've, well, in Sun Conference play, there's no way to beat around the bush here. Sun Conference play, they've been really up and down. Weber International with a chance to to try to keep St. Thomas down. St. Thomas with a chance to, uh, you know, get them, pick themselves back up against. Weber International, Connor and I both taking the Bobcats out of Miami Gardens. Yeah, give me St. Thomas. There's no way they're going to lose three conference series in a row. I think last week with Flomo St. Thomas coming off the Southeastern sweep, just probably overlooking them, looking down a little bit after the weekend. I don't see it happening again. Weber's coming off a big series win over Warner. Like you said, Weber, man, it's like up and down, up and down. They got something like two weeks ago, dropped a series to USCB, come back last week, yeah. beat Warner in a series. You just never know what you're going to get. But I just can't pick St. Thomas to lose a third straight conference series. Give me St. Thomas. For the first time ever, Cody, with Indiana Wesleyan and Taylor, we have three different answers. That's right, three different answers. And it's not like uh, the time that we forced Connor to uh, take a loss. Uh, but Indiana Wesleyan versus Taylor. I've got Taylor. Connor's got Indiana Wesleyan. And, Cody, you have the split. I feel so good about that. We should call it the GSAC split. The crossroads says the four-game sets, too. I feel good about it, man. I would. I'm going to be genuinely surprised if it's not a split. These stupid four game series always <laughs> go two two. When you get like two of the best teams playing each other, they always go two two. Uh, it's very frustrating, and because we get excited, like last week, Taylor. Okay, you sweep on a Friday. You just need to win one. Remember, we did that with Vanguard and Hope this year. You just got to win one the next day, and then 
Mount Vernon Nazarene comes out there. They sweep the Saturday at 2-2 split. Uh, they split with Spring Arbor the week prior to. Uh, I think Indiana Wesleyan's playing better. They're playing some of their better baseball right now. Uh, shout out to Evan Salmon. That's a guy we don't talk about enough. Evan Salmon, absolutely crushing it for Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, TJ Bass for Taylor this year is crushing it too. Uh, I like this series, I like this matchup, but they're going to split 2-2. Two, two. two series left to pick here, and it is Georgetown versus UC. Connor's going to take UC. I'm going to take Georgetown. What you got, Cody? Give me Cumberland's and a true toss-up. This is the one I probably feel the least confident about. I'm more confident in a 2-2 split than I am in this uh. one. Uh, both of these teams are playing for positioning, I guess, in the conference. Cumberland's wants to climb higher than Kian right now. And uh, Georgetown wants to lock it up, potentially be a one seed in that conference tournament. So give me Cumberland's. I think they want it more. And then last but not least, Cody, Tabor and Ottawa. Both Connor and I going with Ottawa. What you got? I'm going with Ottawa. I think Tabor's going to take a game off of them. But I think Ottawa's just got the depth. they got the pitching depth. Their offense is good enough. Like It's not like they're seeing Tyler Bryant and Steven Norrell. They're facing different arms. So give me Ottawa. They're going to score enough runs. And they're going to pitch it well enough. They're going to drop a game, but they're going to win the series. And I think this is going to push them close enough to where we're going to start projecting our projections like it's a presidential election. And uh, I project them to win <laughs> the KCAC regular season title and get a bit. Can we get graphics for that? Like project? No, you know what? No, because I don't. We don't need to be giving out bulletin board material to anybody at this time of year. Oh, we do uh, all the time. I know we do it. all the time, but we don't need to. We don't need to put it out there to the world uh but i know we are we are prime bulletin board material for a lot of people out there cody you know just before we stop the podcast here and and go about our lives uh two things i want to bring up really quickly is uh one if you are a baseball coach and you have made it this far uh and you would like to let us know that your program has submitted a bid to host an opening round tournament please Start letting Cody and I know who has submitted a bid for the opening round tournament. I had somebody reach out to me about why haven't we come out with projections yet about who's going to make the field. And it's impossible at this point when 85% of your, your, you know, uh, bids are tied up in conference tournaments or to conference champions, only 15 at large bids. And then on top of that, you don't know who's going to host a series that's going to or host an opening round. That's going to steal an at large bid, anything like that. You don't know what, uh sites are going to be five teams or four teams it's pretty much just something that we'll never get to do anymore uh but but if you've hosted or put in a bid to host the opening round uh please 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 let cody or i know for myself at rob g1063 for cody obviously at nai ball and then we are still open our uh to interns we had a few applicants last week we are 100% still open. We're going to keep that open maybe for another week or so to interns. Cody, I've not really put that out there anywhere on social media for a reason because we want somebody that listens to the show, that's an avid fan of the show, that's an avid fan of what we're doing here at NAI Ball. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're bearing it pretty deep in the show. But if you are a coach or you have a student that wants to be involved in sports journalism, in graphic design, uh, you know, SID work, things like that. I mean, we've pretty much done it all here. Uh, you know, I currently work in television. I've also worked at ESPN radio Cody with when it comes to writing and newspapers. And of course, just the masterful work he does on, on social media, Connor with graphic design as well. You know, I, I, we have SID experience on the staff, just the level of professional journalism experience and just overall college, uh, experience in working here has is just through the roof at this level and at this company that, that we're able to to bring to y'all in a weekly basis on top of that somebody that wants to do this and and you know get an inside look at what we're doing as well as uh lend a hand go and cover games and and you know say you're part of nai ball for for the year that, you, that you're an intern and um you know, get to cover games and get that access and, and that unfiltered access to coaches as well is is something that we're offering you. So if you are a coach, player, don't have to play baseball. Don't We do prefer somebody that is in school currently. And, uh, you know, you can be a former player as long as you're in school. But somebody who's interested in that and being an intern, please, please, please reach out to me on Twitter at RobG1063. Shoot me a DM and I will give you information that you need for that. 
process. Cody, before we go, any final thoughts on a great week that we had last week? That's a big time week. I do want to throw a little bit of GSAC love. Uh, we didn't mention it too much, but yeah, Vanguard Westmont is a really huge series. Uh, Westmont, if you go out there, you take two games, you split that series, you're going to be the one seed in the GSAC tournament. They need to go out there and take two. Vanguard obviously wants to win the series, needs hope to drop up a little bit, can't have hope win out. But if you're hope, obviously you're hoping Vanguard goes out there, and takes three or four, and then hopes in the driver's seat. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Because there's no bid on the line in the GSAC, it's hard to get too excited when you're really just playing for seeding in a wacky tournament to play that I'm really looking forward to. But, uh, yeah, man, so I'm just looking forward to all these series this weekend. IUS, IU Kokomo is a big one. We talked about it too. Uh, Kokomo comes out there. They sweep that series. Just like that, you're in first place taking the one seed in the River States. So I think there's a lot of big-time matchups. Crossroads, KCAC, GPAC, we went over it. Uh, really good series out west in the CalPAC, too. We talked about a lot of them showing Antelope Valley, St. Catherine. We gave St. Catherine plenty of bullets and board material because we didn't really talk about them much, and no one picked them. So this is what we do on this show. We give teams <laughs> bullets and board material, and they come in our DMs, and they let us know. And I love it because if you're listening to this part of the show an hour, however many minutes in, uh, we appreciate it yes. no matter what. Yeah. yeah, we really appreciate it no matter what. So, yeah, thanks again. But, no, I mean, I'm looking forward to this weekend, brother. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We we thank everybody who listens to the show, whether you like us or not. You know, um, I think, Cody, you're more likable than I am. There's some coaches out there that, that don't like me, and that's, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a – that's a, you know, I won't get into it. It's race thing. But, but – just super thankful to all of the coaches that, that do talk to us and work with us on a regular basis and, and just do everything with us, man. And, and the players that we build these lasting relationships with, um, you know, we can't thank these guys enough, man. I, I feel like every year you look around and, you know, it's, it's new names that we're getting to know on a, on a deeper level and it's older guys that we're getting to know on a deeper level. And it's a lot of fun, man it's a lot of fun and we love what we do and, and it's uh, something that, that we definitely appreciate and are super thankful for. And we'll get into more of the stuff like that uh, as the, you know, year goes on and the thank yous and, and things like that, but that'll do it for us this week. So for Connor Darnell, for Cody Butler, for myself, Robbie Gutierrez at Rob G one Oh six, three on Twitter for me, for Cody, you can find him at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram for all of your new stat scores, information, everything you need 24 7, 365 days a year. NAI Ball is here for you. We are constantly here for you. Hit us up with anything that you might have, any questions that you might have. We are always here giving you comprehensive, deep, and detailed coverage of NAI baseball from coast to coast. So we will talk to you again next week. Until then, have a great day and even better tomorrow.